Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, dear ones, wherever in the world you are listening from. This is Krish Dunham with another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. Yesterday culminated a mammoth recording session for the new Krish Dunham Success Academy. I would recommend you check it out at krishdunham.com. It's a subscription-based service about my life's work that is now available. Initially, we have the components of sales on there. Yesterday, we recorded time management and goal setting, and today we will embark on recording the issues of communication. The plan and the purpose and the pursuit of this academy is by May of 2022, we hope to have at least 100 videos on there. The beauty of this process is that whichever country you're in, you can reach out to us, and if there's an attraction there, we will try to make it available to you in the currency that uh, would be more palatable to you. And as such, we just have to create a different link for you to access. For those of you listening from the Philippines and from India, where we do have a large number of people who listen to the podcast and follow the YouTube channel, kindly let us know how we can bring this content to you and we will do that. I'm not much for shameless plugs, but I am really proud of this work and the effort that has gone into building nice information packaged in a way that will allow you to be a tri-dimensional success mentally, physically, and spiritually. In today's discourse or today's dialogue or today's delivery, we are going to talk about something called hidden treasure. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 44, there is an interesting parable. Parables are stories. Parables, uh, if you look at the word paragraph uh, or parachurch, it's almost something that is added to or in conjunction with. So these stories have a moral uh, upstart to them in some way, and these uh, have a morality-laced Story. The story itself may either be conjecture, it may be fabricated, but the principles that they bring forth are fairly profound. And that's why within the confines of the Holy Bible, there are many times where parables are used to illustrate a point and a point of reference. So in Matthew thirteen forty four, the parable simply is, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Now, obviously, this is not a theological discourse, but I love the concept of trying to illustrate from a parable some stories of real-life application. I fell in love with this approach, Uh, obviously, whenever I hear Dr. R.C. Sproul talk about parables, long after he has passed, they still jettison me into that directive of how beautiful and how simple the verbiage of the parable itself is, but how complex uh, the version uh, becomes when you try to internalize and personalize the mechanism. 
I'm going to do this dually, which means I'm also going to do this on the YouTube channel. So for those of you who subscribe to both, you may get a double dose, but the reference point will be the same. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his, in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. As always, I try to create three or four points of reference, and the first one is discovery. When you are journeying through life, there are many things you discover that are hidden treasures. And immediately you have to ask yourself whether that treasure is something you deserve, whether that's something you can decidedly want at this stage in life, whether it is something that is actually going to enhance your way of living. One of the things that is often a sad story within the confines of people who suddenly find hidden treasure is all the stories you hear about people who have become lottery winners, which means historically they have played the odds hoping for that windfall. And when the windfall comes, they are given a couple of options in that discovery. And that option is you can either take a lump sum now, which means a bulk of it will go towards the taxation component, or you can take it in installments guaranteeing you some kind of uh, income for the rest of your life. Now, the odds are most people who are waiting for a windfall take the whole amount. Very few say, I've already lived life. I've lived life successfully, though albeit not as successful as others, but I'm not a failure compared to others. So if I just get 3000 or 4000 or $5,000 a month for the rest of my life or for perpetuity, that's not a bad thing. But if I take a windfall now, I can do more with it now when I'm alive and all of that. In the United States, one of the other issues that is a raging issue when you turn 60, which I just did, is that you become very soon eligible for this concept of social security. Financial experts will say delay your gratification till you're 70 because then the amount the government will pay you will be more per month and it will be much easier to live on that amount at 70 than what you take at 62 or 65. Financial experts will say in a different way that, hey, if you take it all now, if you have pre-existing conditions, will you live till be 80 or will you die at 70? Who knows how much life you have left? Take what is now. So part of discovery and treasure is always that concept of delayed gratification in the discovery or immediate delivery in that discovery. So when you look at that parable, this man found a treasure hidden in a field. And when he found it, he had great joy. But what he did was he hid it again. He put it away and then went and legitimately sold everything he had so he could come back and buy that field, which means there is an integrity in his deliverance. There is an integrity in his approach saying that I'm not just going to steal it because I found it. I'm going to, I found it, but I'm going to bury it. And then I'm going to go back and raise everything I have or sell everything I own so that I have enough money to come and legitimately buy this field. Now, of course, you know, the speculation is, would you buy a piece of land by selling everything you had if you did not know there was hidden treasure under it? The same go for mineral rights, the same go for discovery of oil. In fact, one of the beautiful stories I heard in my early days of going through the motivational ranks was the story of Spindletop told by Mr. Ziegler in his book, See You at the Top. And he says, you are Spindletop, and nobody ever understood why you would be called an oil well. But the story goes that in the early days uh, in Beaumont, Texas, there was a farmer who had a plot of land and he was going broke. So some oil company experts came to him and said, hey, we have discovered that there is oil underneath your property. 
here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring out barrels of oil by using our technology and our ability. We're going to take it to the market, find a price for it, and for every barrel of oil we sell, we're going to give you a percentage of the proceeds. He had nothing to lose, everything to gain, so he agreed to the offer. They say three oil companies came out of that single well because the gusher in those days was so big because the derricks made of wood, it completely obliterated the derrick, and many thousands of barrels of oil escaped before they could even cap it. But Spindletop, there is a museum today in Beaumont, Texas, where you can see all of the world that changed because of the result of the oil companies that came out of it, the exploration components. And then many people started realizing and asking themselves, is there oil under my property? Can I ask someone, can I sell just the mineral rights of my property? Can I put a derrick on my property? Can I put a single <laughs> well on my property? Whatever it is, but the path of discovery begins to change when you know there is treasure hidden somewhere. Well, part of the parable is understanding in real life. How much treasure do you have within you? Motivation has always been a motive for action. It is that which is within that you bring to the surface. Whatever ideas and concepts you have about life, whatever ability you have that is hidden within you is worthless. It is like a dormant field that is left unplowed. God-given ability within you will die a death of a thousand qualifications. You know, strength is, uh, is man-manifested talent is from God, and many people will go to their grave with their finest talent still within them because they hung around in the wrong man pool. As a result, we are like the field. We are like the field with the hidden treasure. The God of the universe has instilled unbuilt treasure in you, but you have to legitimately acquire what that ability is. And in this case, in order for the indwelling of the spirit to work, you have to legitimately be the owner of your own ability. You have to be the owner of your own capability. Look what he did. When he found it, he hid it again. Now, this is an interesting thing, and uh, contrary to uh, the what you're supposed to do with the Word of God, when you find something good, do you hide it? When you find something good, do you immediately tell everybody about it and declare it? Sometimes, you know, you hide it because you don't know its true worth, or sometimes you hide it because you don't want other people to know that you have gotten it. And uh, you are afraid that things will change for you. But in this story, this particular parable, I love the version where he says he hid it. But then he went and sold everything else. And this is the abdication. So once the denial happens, there becomes a dedication to life. So first is discovery, then there is denial. But the dedication to life, when I found out the truth of uh, what works and what doesn't, when I found out that spiritual quotient was essential to walk alongside my intelligence and my emotion when I decided and I decided that I decided that I would follow the word of God. I had to put it on the back burner for a minute and then go and settle my affairs. There was a five-year period where I hid the fact that I had become a Christian because I did not know for sure how other people would react. I did not know for sure whether my family would disown me, would disinherit me, would disavow me. I didn't know how my culture of my upbringing would take me, and I had no idea what would happen. So just like this, I found this treasure, and I had great joy in finding it. But then I hid it, and then I went away to settle my affairs. I went away to find out what all was I willing to give up, what all was I willing to put by the wayside, so that when I came back and made this claim that this discovery within me was truly the hidden treasure of life, something miraculous was going to happen. 
The price you pay sometimes is not equivalent to the cost that was already paid for you to have this treasure. And let me repeat that. The price you pay is nowhere close to the cost that was already borne for this. So as a result of that, what you're doing is you're just putting on the back burner something which you truly was designed for you, but you're abdicating your desires for a period of time so that you can go settle your affairs in other places. More importantly, you can give up all that doesn't work and then come back and devote yourself to this treasure. When this man eventually came back and bought the field, in a modern day example, people would look at you. If you found oil beneath a piece of property and on top of it was just an old rundown shack, and it had been in someone else's family for 11 years or 50 years, and then you went and sent all the money and came and bought that piece of land, people would think you're an idiot because you knew there was oil beneath it, but you know how much, that's a hit and a, hit and a miss, right? The same way when you give up something which is part of your identity, give up something which is part of your culture, give up something which is part of your tradition, and then you come to that benchmark line and you stand on that line and you tell everybody, hey, everything that I've ever believed about life, its pursuit, its happiness, and its pleasures are not, were, did not deliver. Everything that I was raised to believe did not give me that joy I have when I have discovered this treasure, this hidden treasure this hidden treasure of God's word, that I was created in his image and I was given his mind, that my past was forgiven and my future was assured. And as a result of it, uh, when I went through that five-year to seven-year period, it was almost relative silence. I kind of walked around. I didn't tell anybody about what I had found, but I don't think that uh, it may it may have been real that I was actually trying to find a way to put my affairs of the past in order and completely liquidate and sell off any part of my identity. Because when I embraced this identity, I was going to relax and I was going to have great joy in the lavishness of this acquired word of God. As I was listening to this parable this morning by someone else, that is the illustration that came to me that it's not a physical treasure that you always have to look at. Sometimes it's an emotional treasure. Sometimes it's a spiritual treasure. Uh, the lottery winners who took the money early on, when you can contact or when their stories are told two years from now, three years from now, most of them are broke and in debt again. They said I. some of them have the cars and the luxury, but they found out very quickly they had many other people who thought they had claim to it ex-wives who had left or ex-husbands who had fled, uh, all come out of the woodwork saying that, you know what, I deserve a part of your windfall because I was at one time joined to that field. But that's why this man did something interesting. He went away. He hid what he found for a period of time. He settled all of his affairs. He gave up everything that he had so that he could come back and legitimately stake claim to this. That's the message I wanted to give you today. When you discover something, maybe initially the good part is to deny it so that you can go and dedicate your life to making sure that it is truly that which belongs to you by abdicating everything else that would compete with it or come in conflict with it or cause confusion to it. And then finally, that delivery becomes something because now you are whole, now you are new, now the treasure is within you and you also own the field. Hopefully the short missive of a slightly different nature gave you some motivation today and make you ponder on some of the things you so desperately want in this world, but they, can't, they are in constant conflict with those around you. 
tradition butts up against it, civilization begins to corrupt it, societies begin to damn it, and whatever else begins to happen to it. So you suffer in silence and you say, I want it, but if I took it, then all of these other things will come up against me. Maybe put it on the back burner for a while and settle your affairs. I've heard this all over the world where people say, sometimes I find true joy, but it goes against what my family wants for me. It goes against the foundational beliefs of how I was raised. It goes against the issues of penance and the rituals of uh, tribulation that I had to participate in. And as a result of it, when I take this route, they say, oh, you're taking the easy route because you're abdicating that which your ancestry had fought so hard for. And I'm not talking about physical land. I'm talking about this emotional stance of being able to make a decision that is contrary to everything you were raised. Now, you don't go up against it in disrespect. If you follow this parable very closely, he had great joy in what he found, but he hid it. He didn't flaunt it. He didn't show it in the face of those saying, ha ha, I'm going to be rich. Instead, he went back and he settled his affairs. And in fact, he went back and got rid of everything that made him who he was, came back and legitimately took ownership of that which had given him joy. Hopefully this has given you some amount of joy as you have listened to this. But I title this Hidden Treasure because life is just that, a hidden treasure. The Word of God is just that, a hidden treasure. Until next time, good luck, God bless. And that concludes another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose with Chris Dunham brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.